Hello and welcome to Life Save Her, the podcast. This is a podcast for all of my women, men you can listen to, but for all of my women to come get a weekly dose of some self-care, some self-help, and tips to live the life that you desire. I'm your host, Brittany A. Johnson. I want to set this disclaimer. While I am a licensed mental health counselor and I am going to be talking about mental health and life-related topics, this is not a substitute for therapy. This is an addition, this is a bonus, this is that kind of added support so that you have what you need in and outside of session. If you need a therapist, I encourage you to reach out to different therapists in your area, or you may also email me to get a list of therapists that I may recommend. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. So today, I want to talk about trauma, and I'm not going to call it trauma-informed, although it will be informing you of trauma. This isn't a, or this isn't an official trauma training or anything like that. This is just going to be me talking about um, trauma through, you know, trauma, trauma trauma-informed, talking about situations that have been occurring, um, and looking at them through the trauma lens, because oftentimes I think we all talk about trauma and we all label things as trauma, but I don't know that we really all have a good working definition or good assessment or understanding of like what, how, what is trauma? How does trauma all happen? Right? So I'm not going to go into those basics because you can definitely Google um, to get the full definition of trauma. Uh, But what I'm going to say about trauma is that trauma is when you experience an event, whether it's firsthand or secondhand, um, that that leaves a mark like that's the way I like to define trauma right so it's something that you've experienced that leaves a mark in your brain or leaves a, an, a bookmark so to speak and whenever something comes around again that feels looks smells tastes sounds similar to what happened then that the first time that's the traumatic event right so that's the trauma that's your that's you having trauma there's also the trauma that happens like when you get into a car accident or something like that right you have trauma to your body it's where you kind of have this something happens right and it leaves a mark so that's how i'm going to kind of summarize trauma for this conversation but i really want to also dig in and look at with that lens right so trauma being something that happened or trauma being something that you heard about, but it was it was enough that it kind of left a mark. So to kind of tell a story or paint a picture of this, um, people often ask, "What's your what's your you know scary movie or what's a movie that you can't watch?" And I often tell people that it's the people on the stairs for me. Um, and people laugh like that movie wasn't even really scary. Like why is that movie something that you remember? And I ha- you know, and when I sit and think about it, and when I like respond. You know, I let people know, like, it's because some of the stuff that happened on there could happen in real life. Or I actually think I met somebody who had a similar story. Nothing to the extent of what that movie, you know, happened in that movie. But, you know, meeting people or seeing people who have been victims of neglect in some way. also, You know, for whatever reason, it linked in my brain that that was the same. And that was traumatic to me because the thought of somebody not having their basic needs met... It's scary, and especially now as an adult, it's even scarier to think about how often that happens to people. So with that in mind, whenever I meet someone or I see someone 
and they start talking about this kind of neglect or talking about being in situations where they don't they didn't have food or they didn't have somebody emotionally checking in on them or they were left you know kind of to figure things out on their own as a young child and when i'm saying young child i mean really 16 and under from being honest some people will go even younger but for me just with my experience as a therapist and and a trauma therapist at that and the research i've done for me, it's like 16 or under. If Once you get on the other side of 16, when you can kind of get a job and things like that, it looks different. It still can be traumatic and often is, but it's a lot different if you don't have someone making meals or providing food at 17 versus if you were six or five. And that happens, right? So as part of my career, I've done work with people who had some type of uh, government involvement with their children. And oftentimes neglect was top on the list. Physical abuse and sexual abuse are always there, but neglect is often there. And neglect is also one that kind of, you know, it gets seen, but it also gets swept under the rug easily. So when I think about children on the stairs or people on the stairs, for me, it, it links in my brain. Now, logically, I know that that's not really all connected, but emotionally, that's what my brain still tells me. So I do lots of things to make sure when I do meet someone who has an experience that I can re-regulate myself and get back to the logical side to know like, okay, this is not that. I can still do what I need to do because ultimately, like interestingly, I guess I should say, the the bulk of my career the last few years has been with people who have, who have experienced emotional neglect and physical neglect, but primarily that emotional neglect or that trauma to their attachments with their family members. So just kind of giving all that little information just to start talking about, you know, trauma. So when I think using my own example, right? So the example of experiencing, you know, this situation and then now anytime I'm reminded of it and or what we actually call a trigger, right? When I'm triggered to remember or triggered by a situation, it takes me right back to that moment. And so I want to talk about fear and how fear is kind of that output that we see, but typically underneath fear is, is really things linked to trauma. And we don't, again, we don't always link things to trauma because, you know, if you look back through the history of what we consider trauma, what we consider traumatic, it has changed. It has definitely evolved. And I'm so glad that it continues to evolve to where we really just know that it really can be anything that impacts you and kind of gets stuck, right? So I'm not talking about PTSD. That's something totally different. I'm just talking about, you know, trauma or just talking about how our brains and bodies respond so let's you know say that you experience something when you are you know young let's go with this you know emotional neglect or go with this emotional abandonment and what that means and what that looks like is you're in the house your parents may be providing food they may be providing clothes they may be providing shelter but emotionally they're not providing anything so they're not asking you about your day they're not talking about you know letting you know that they love you with with words they're doing it through action but not through words or you may know that if you come home with a certain grade that you are going to be met with you know harsh criticism or if you do anything that kind of goes against what your parents have deemed appropriate you may be met with with harshness you may be met with coldness so that's kind of that what i'm talking about when i talk about emotional neglect and lots of families experience it and, and it's one of those things that again often gets swept under the rug but it really does leave a lasting mark and so what that mark that lasting mark usually looks like is people over what we would consider air quote overreacting to situations have you ever seen someone who just 
you know, there's a minor conflict or something minor happens, but they go overboard, right? They might start getting up, jumping, screaming, shouting, or they may get completely withdrawn and like just absolutely run and leave the situation. Both of those, both of those are examples of somebody responding to something they've experienced before. And many of us don't even know that that's what's linked or that that's why why we do certain things. We just know we don't want to be disrespected. We don't want to be hurt. And so therefore we do what we think we need to do to avoid, you know, feeling that way or to avoid the situation. So regardless to when it pops up, like you may see somebody react that way and you will be looking at them like, I do not understand what just happened that made you go from calm and collect to completely, you know, inappropriate, out of control. Well, more than likely, whatever happened triggered them to think about something that they experienced before. And what do we all do when we've experienced something that we don't want to experience again? We do everything in our power to avoid it, to run from it, to never feel it again. How many times have we seen people talk about there's memes, there's podcasts, there's posts, there's videos, there's songs. There's so much that talks about I felt the lowest I've ever felt. I don't ever want to feel that again. So I did this, 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 and this to never feel it again. Well, we do the same thing when we have when we respond in fear or when we're being traumatized. We would do everything in our power to not experience that again. But sometimes we don't know that we are actually keeping ourselves in a cycle because whether we might have seen our families do it or you know no one has come alongside us yet to point out or or help us see that like hey when you do this yourself this is what triggers these other things to happen therefore here you are having the reaction that you're having and you may not even know that you're doing it yourself right so you all have been with me for a while you know that sabotage has been my thing that's sabotage right sometimes we don't know that we are messing up a relationship or we are messing up ourselves in some way but we're, we continue to do it and it's not until someone points it out or we hit some type of wall or bottom or something that makes us look at it and makes us kind of deal with it. But imagine if you grew up in a home where you were constantly ignored or you were told to go figure it out on your own, whether they verbally said it or they just ignored you. And then imagine when you become an adult, you have a child and someone does that to your child. How do you think you're gonna respond? What do you think you are going to do? For most of us, we immediately go to, oh, my child's never going to experience that. I'm never going to do that to my child. Let's take a lighter example. How many how many of us have grew up in families where we spent hours in church, right? You were in church all the time. And the next thing you know, you are an adult and you're like, I'm not going to make my kids go to church like that. I'm not going to make my kids sit in church all day long because I hate it as a kid. There's no difference with something like that versus something being traumatic. So it's important that we look at, you know, when we see people exhibiting fear or exhibiting anger, that we start, you know, giving some empathy. Now, hear me clearly say it's never okay to let your anger, you know, go on someone else and, and you know, you displace that or misplace that on other people. That's not okay. And that shouldn't and can't be tolerated, especially if we're trying to move to a place where we're breaking the cycles of what we used to do and what we used to experience. But we also still need to know and have an understanding that that could be what's causing someone to react this way. So there might be something that we could do different or say different, not ignore the message, not ignore the situation to where we can actually say what we need to to that person so they get what we're trying to say and it doesn't have to be an anger or fear response that shows up. Like there might be something we can do. And I know that 
that takes a lot of work, even on us as individuals, because most of us, because of things, again, we experience in our childhood, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. We are people that do not want to be disrespected. We do not want to feel like we're always giving in or being the bigger person, air quote. So it's a hard thing to do to really sit with and say, am I willing to change the way I'm interacting with, with this situation or this person to make something be different? That's a huge ask. And if you're not there, that's okay. If you don't want to get there, I'd have some additional questions for you, but I'm not your therapist, so I'm not going to ask them, right? But it is important to think about why, why am I against being a different person or being a better person so that my experiences go better? Why am I a person who wants to put it on other people? It's important to give some thought to that and to kind of dig into it because, you know, again, we all say that we want to be better. We all claim that we are on a healing journey, but overwhelmingly, it looks like we want to be on a healing journey but we don't want to give other people grace and space to also be on their journey. And we don't want to do things to compromise so that everybody can heal because one person's healing is not more important than another. At the same time, one person's pain can't be put on others to make all of us now have to deal with it. Because if you do that, imagine now what's happening, right? So you get angry, you're afraid, but your fear comes out in anger, your fear comes out in aggression, and then you take that out on someone or you take that out on a group of people. Now everybody in that space now has a story. Everybody in that space now has possibly a traumatic reminder for themselves of what happens when you're just in a place or what happens when you stand up to someone or what happens when you, you know, go against or advocate for yourself. Now everybody has a story. So now what do you think is going to happen with those people, right? Everybody that witnessed it or everybody that experienced your anger, your fear not being handled in a healthy way, everybody is now going to go and we're going to have more people now having to figure out how to deal with their stuff so that they don't turn around and put it on someone else. But oftentimes that's what happens. If we look back through our family history or we talk to you know older family members, you can probably hear tons of stories of how experiences that your grandmother had shaped the way she raised your parents and then therefore it shaped the way that they raised you how many of us and this is a common one are as as a female as a girl we're not allowed to go to sleepovers or we're not allowed to do you know certain types of sleepovers because we know now as adults it's because our, well, our parents will say, I don't trust other people with you. But as an adult, we now have more insight that there was a lot of sexual abuse happening at sleepovers, you know, back in the day. And therefore, as a way to protect, right? Because again, if I experience something, I don't want anybody that's close to me to experience that same pain. Therefore, I'm going to do whatever I need to or what I think I need to to protect. Sometimes it doesn't come out right. And we see examples of that all the time. We see tons of videos of parents acting inappropriately, people acting inappropriately. And we need to also make sure we do label things as inappropriate because we have gotten into a space in this time, you know, and we're in the world where everything's just okay, right? If that's what you want to do, if that's how you want to experience or express something, it's just okay. And so we do need to get to a place where we start saying certain things have to just be unacceptable. Certain things have to be on a list that we need to hold you accountable for such behavior. And although we might have different things on our list, I do think we need to come up with some core things, i.e. hurting someone else because you're in pain. 
in my opinion, should be top on the list of things that we don't tolerate anymore if we want to break these cycles. Otherwise, we're going to just continue to have generations of people who are adults, really, that are actually kids walking around in adult bodies. Because when you experience something traumatic, that part that part freezes. That part of your brain freezes. That part of your development freezes. So that, again, when something comes back around or something reminds you of it, your brain and your body typically go right back to the time that you experienced that. And imagine if you are in your 40s, but someone triggers you to remember a situation that happened to you when you were six. Can you imagine what that looks like as a 40-year-old responding to something like a six-year-old would? That's often what happens. That's often what we see. And again, it's easy to condemn. It's easy to look down. But I think it's important that we all have some empathy, not sympathy, but empathy, meaning we have an understanding of why something's happening, but we're still going to hold you accountable. We're still going to do what we need to do to make sure you get either help or consequence, but ideally both, right? Because we really know that you don't learn solely from a consequence. You really learn more from being able to learn the lesson, get a new skill, get some knowledge, get insight. So just something to keep in mind. But it's also something to think about too. Like if you find yourself being a person that is ultra protective, ultra on edge, to start really looking at what what is this that's got me, you know, experiencing this? What have I experienced kind of in my past that is is making me kind of feel this way or making me look at things this way? And going from there to really looking at now what do I need to do, right? Now what can I do with this information? Because I know I don't want to keep putting this on other people. Now there's healthy ways of doing it. There's unhealthy ways. We need to, in my opinion, we need to agree that always using anger without anything else following up can't be the only way we handle things. Anger is an emotion and it can be healthy, but it also can cross over to unhealthy very, very fast. So we need to really be careful and cautious of that if we want to break cycles and heal. And also really giving thought to if you find yourself as you kind of scan back through your life or through your experiences, if you found that you were often in situations where you felt like you were unprotected, sit and take a moment and give some thought to how you notice that you respond now when you either see someone who is being overly protected or not protected at all. Because I wonder... And I'm curious to know, do you find yourself being kind of on edge, being, you know, your body kind of going into that alert status where you're a little bit more tense, you might be clenching your fist or your jaw, you know, really just looking at how do you respond when you see something that triggers you based on something that you did not experience that you needed to experience when you were younger or even in your adult life. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found the episode insightful and helpful to you on your journey. As you all know, podcasts are rated by the number of subscribers and the ratings that they receive. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this at and also leave a rating and a comment. I welcome all comments. Also, make sure you head over to the different social medias, Instagram at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC, Facebook at Brittany A. Johnson, and even on LinkedIn at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC and follow so you can stay connected to what's going on. Talk to you soon.